Hi friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. It's so good to have you with me today. If you're a new listener, massive warm welcome. If you've been here for a while, hey, it's really good to have you back. We're going to continue walking through the Sermon on the Mount. And I've said this before in past episodes, but the Sermon on the Mount is it's like Jesus's uh, kingdom teaching on not how to behave but this is how things work in the kingdom this is how things behave think and act in the kingdom of god and it's like jesus is bringing us an antidote to the chaos and anxiety of this world and jesus brings this what we would describe as the upside down kingdom or actually it's the right side up kingdom it's the kingdom that corrects our thinking that makes us think we've been actually quite insane with our thinking and through Jesus's teaching we're going from insanity to sanity so he's correcting our thinking he's turning us upside down he's making us think the way that we were always meant to think so that's what we're going to continue we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 6 with a section called do not worry now I want to argue uh, in this episode that actually I don't think this passage is, is actually about Jesus teaching us uh, about worry I think in this passage Jesus is actually teaching us about something else that has a knock-on effect uh, in the way that we end up worrying or end up not worrying. Uh, so it's not that Jesus is saying, you know, don't worry, because, you know, we all know if I say to you, don't worry about uh, those bills you have to pay, uh, it doesn't actually help you at all because you, you either are just prolonging something that is going to happen or you ignore something you know you're, you're pretending it's not actually there or it spirals and now you're worrying about the fact that you're worrying about the thing that you shouldn't be worrying about so i i think there's more going on here it's not as easy as jesus saying do not worry because i've heard this before with people you know teaching this and you, sh- you shouldn't worry because if you're you're worrying you're not tr- you're not trusting jesus uh which is right and true you know if if we are worrying it's because we are placing the authority of dealing with this issue on ourselves and not on him but actually i think there's more going on than that and that's what we're going to explore in today's episode uh just a bit about myself if you've never been to the podcast before my name is chris rogers i am the leader of a church in east london called all hallows bow this is now our 14th year being at all hallows with church planters and uh, one of the things I'm massive, you know, really passionate about is discipleship, growing in the likeness of Jesus, becoming more like Jesus. So this podcast fits within a wider website that we run called WeAreMakingDisciples.com, uh, with resources and books and content on discipleship and blogs and that kind of stuff. Uh, and would love you to go and check out that website WeAreMakingDisciples.com, particularly if you're a church leader. There's some really helpful content on that website around how do we go about making disciples and what is a discipleship pathway for our churches and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, sales pitch over. Let's dive in and explore Matthew 6 and what Jesus actually says here about worry. So here we go. I'm going to read to you from Matthew 6, 25 to 34. It's entitled in most uh, English translations of the Bible that I've looked at as Do Not Worry. So it says this, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, uh, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. 
Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, uh, by worrying, and add a single hour to their life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not uh, labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendour was dressed like one of those. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not, uh, not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things. Your heavenly Father knows uh, that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day uh, has enough trouble of its own. You see... When you first look at this passage, it seems to be all about worry. Don't worry about what you're eating. Don't worry about your wearing. Don't worry about your clothing. Birds don't worry. Animals don't worry. Flowers don't worry. And God sorts it all out. And then he comes and goes on to say, for the pagans, well, they're running after the food, the drink and the clothing. And because these pagans are chasing these things, it's implying that because they're chasing these things, that's where their worry is coming from. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about the stuff that, that everybody else is chasing, these pagans and what they're chasing. So the passage on first look seems to be talking about worry. But I would argue, friends, that it's actually about the place of worry in our lives. Uh, and and where worry comes from, really, when we focus on the wrong things are we focusing on a pagan world view so a pagan world view uh, I, I love the word pagan i don't know i just i love the word pagan it's such a comical word the pagans when i was a kid um it used to be one of those words all my friends would say you know if somebody uh um would say something in the you know the teacher would say something that that one of my friends didn't like they say oh he's such a pagan it, it became like a, a silly kind of uh name calling thing it, the pagans were a group of people who did not put god in the center of their lives uh but they were well, the god yahweh in the center of their life they were putting either other gods or false gods uh, in the center of their lives uh, and they were yearning after the things of the flesh and that's what uh, therefore we described as pagans and how it was used by the Jews it was anybody that did not focus on Yahweh uh, and then later in the uh, you know, writings of Paul and Peter pagans were those that didn't uh, center themselves on Jesus so these pagans well they focus on what they're drinking they focusing on what they're eating and they're focusing on what they're wearing and these pagans are yearning after these things and it's these things that are giving them anxiety because they're chasing after something so the world view uh, that uh, Jesus is talking about here these these pagans have that their world view is about status it's about safety it's about comfort and it's about the things that we might enjoy things that we become gluttonous over and what Jesus is trying to do is trying to shift our thinking away from a life that's trapped in this worldview to a new reality, the reality of God's kingdom, God's world, God's realm. I love the film The Matrix. Uh, yes, I like Matrix uh, 1 very much. And I, I, I enjoy 
Matrix 2 and 3. Uh, Matrix 4 was an interesting film, but we're not going to do a review on that. Uh, the old concept of The Matrix is, if you've not seen it, I don't know, I think every Christian in the 90s was seeing it and preaching on it, but the, the idea of The Matrix is we're living uh, in a world where we are trapped and we're enslaved to the functionality of the world and that we exist so the world called the matrix uh, we exist to serve the matrix rather than the the world is there serving humanity or serving god we are here to feed the matrix and Jesus recognized that we are trapped in a worldview where we as human beings are there to serve the matrix, to serve um, these rules of the world, this worldview uh, that is there uh, for its own glory. And these pagans, the way that they fit into this world is a world that it, it's about status, it's about importance, it's about security. It's about becoming known, it's about titles, it's about uh, becoming more famous. This world, uh, it's driving us to focus on what we're eating, what we're drinking, what we're wearing, what holidays we go on, you could say, what house you buy, what car you buy, because it's all about status. So the world view around us says this is how you need to exist in the world. Think about what you eat, what you drink, what you wear, and we would add where you go on holiday, uh, what house that you buy, what car that you drive, what, what person you marry, that kind of stuff. What, what job that you have so the matrix wants you to serve it serve this way of thinking and then it becomes hard work because we're exhausted we're worn out uh, we are worrying that we can't live the life that we want because we can't make ends meet we can't get to this place where we're truly content so we worry and we end up worrying, what am I going to drink? You know, what am I going to feed myself? What uh, am I going to eat? Am I going to have food on the table? We're striving for those things. And then we end up striving about what we wear. Uh, am I going to have clothes on my back? Am I going to have a house to live in? So we end up worrying. So worry is about us being concerned that we can make it in the matrix, make it in the world uh, with all these rules uh, around it. And Jesus, he starts speaking. And, and, and in this passage, I, we read it about Jesus is telling us what not to worry about. But I think actually what he's doing, he's shifting how we see ourselves in the world and our position in it. So let me just say something first, a little bit about worry. And then I want to say a little bit more about this other world another way of thinking that we're invited to look into which ultimately if we if we pursue this other way of thinking that jesus talks about worry doesn't exist in it let me talk about worry first i love this description i heard this many years ago worry is praying to ourselves and freedom is about praying to god worry is about us praying to ourselves worry and anxieties are stressing over the things that we can't control but we think that we can so i'm going to worry about all of these things how i'm going to feed myself how i'm going to put food on the table uh, how i'm going to eat so worry is about us trying to take charge of something that god has already said don't worry i'll take charge of that i'll make this work for you now reality check of course we have to go to work of course we have to have an income you know you can't just sit there and go oh, i'm not going to worry about it god's going to preserve it. you know god will dress me and then wonder why you sat naked you know god will feed me and then you wonder why you're starving there's an element of um we, ha we have to enter into a world of work uh, but actually this isn't what the passage is talking about 
Let's talk about something else which I want to get to. But I love this. Worry is they're praying to ourselves. Freedom is praying to God. Freedom is when we put our trust in him rather than trusting ourselves. Worry is when we trust in ourselves to solve it and we know we can't. And I love it, the line in, in Matthew 6, 27. It said this. So Jesus asks a great question. He says, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to his life? It's like a reality check. Jesus is saying, have you realized this yet? You could worry and worry and worry and it is not going to extend your life. In fact, we know worry will deplete our lives. It depletes joy, but also stress and worry shortens our life. So Jesus is saying, you know, look, have you realized this yet? Because if you just keep stressing and worrying... It's not going to add any time to your life at all. Uh, and he asks this as a question, have you realized this yet? So I want to ask you, have you realized this yet? Have you realized yet that worrying will not add any extra time to your life? In fact, it will only take it away. Have you realized that yet? Uh, and I'd say, therefore, in this context, worry is about having incorrect thinking thinking that we can somehow control the future events whereas actually true freedom is found when God is in control that he is in charge and we can go to him the father for that we that of which we might need so the first thing I just want to say about worry now I want to just explore what I think this passage is really about I think this passage is Jesus shifting us from thinking about about the world and our position it like the pagans and moving us to being people of faith away from paganism to a world of faith paganism said you need to have all of these things to be happy for security and status uh, what you wear is going to be really important what you're known for is really important so the worldview of the pagan is about striving and seeking and longing of fighting for something and Jesus is wanting to move us away from that to seeking something else and this is the key verse verse 33 in the Sermon on the Mount Jesus says this seek first the kingdom and his righteousness that's the king's righteousness and all things will be given to you so Jesus recognized if we moved our um vision or if we if we change our entire op I like to talk about in terms of an operating system if you change your operating system from the pagan operating system, the kingdoms of this world operating system, and you pivot yourself to kingdom operating system where you now operate within the function of the kingdom, the worldview of the kingdom, you are no longer worried because it's not about you succeeding, it's about him. It's not about you performing, it's about him performing. So it actually worry doesn't exist in the kingdom because it's no longer about us striving. It becomes about the king doing what only the king can do. So this phrase, seek first his kingdom. Seek first his king. Let me just break this down into the three key components. Number one is to seek, which means to actively pursue or to search for God and his realm. Uh, it's talking about God's kingdom and God's rule and reign. So uh, seeking is about actively pursuing this, this place where God owns the rule and reign. So to seek. Seek is something that we, we have to put effort into doing. 
It's choosing to say, I am not going to seek the kingdoms of this world. I'm not going to seek the operating system of everybody else around me that prioritizes all the wrong things. I am going to seek God's operating system, which is radically different. To seek it, I need to be praying. I need to be reading the Bible. I need to be spending time with other Christians. They're the three places that are operating oh, and, and, and uh, inviting the Holy Spirit to transform us. These four things uh, are central to being shaped and formed by the kingdom. You know, the Holy Spirit comes to form us and shape us. Scripture is speaking into us. Prayer changes us as we spend time with the king. Community being shaped by the people of the kingdom and others that think differently to us. These four things, we seek them, we go after them. We are going to be shaped and changed uh, by this kingdom rather than seeking the kingdoms of this world. So firstly, seek are you seeking uh, God's operating system? Are you seeking God's kingdom? Are you doing the right things that will put you in the right kind of places to be formed and shaped by the kingdom? So are you seeking? So seek first his kingdom. Seek. Second key word here is, is first. It's emphasizing the priority of this kingdom, putting the kingdom above and beyond anything else so rather than seeking first our security or seeking first our status and then jesus is second or seeking first uh, the, the security of our lives the safety of our lives the comfort of our lives rather than seeking those things first we say no i'm going to seek the kingdom of god first and everything else will come second to the kingdom seeking first and this kingdom invites us to put a whole load of things in our lives before other other things so let me say it like this god wants us to seek first him in our finances in the way that we see our finances and see the resources that we have f finances god wants us to put first uh our interests uh, the things that we in we we kind of allow our brain to um, sit and ponder on. God wants us to put the kingdom first, and therefore our interests should be in line with what God's interested in. So, seeking first God's vision for our finances, God's vision for our interests, and then our relationships. I hope you can see how I'm spanning the word first for finance. I interest our relationships. God wants the kingdom to influence and put first God in our relationships. Uh, relationships in terms of friends, colleagues, but also um, our committed relationships, our marriage relationships. God first in our finances, our interests, our relationships, but also in our situations. God wants the kingdom of God to influence the situations that we find ourselves in and, and therefore choosing to put uh, God first over the the situations that we might get ourselves into. Then finally, tease over. Uh, I'm going to see the time of of theology. Either one of those two, but um, I think time is quite interesting for some of us, isn't it? Uh, we like to be the driver of our time, how I use my time. But if we're seeking first the kingdom, then the kingdom wants to influence how we use our time. Uh, and what we invest our time into so are you somebody who's putting the kingdom first uh, over 
how you choose to use your time. So seek first his kingdom. Seeking first kingdom means putting your finances, your interests, your relationships, your situations and your time, how you use your time first over anything else. So seek first his kingdom. And what's the kingdom? The kingdom refers to God's rule and reign. It's about submitting to God's authority and recognizing him as the ultimate authority in our lives and living in obedience to his teachings and his principles. So friends, to seek first the kingdom, well, this means making God's rule and authority uh, the focus and priority of our life, putting him first over finances and interest and relationships and situations in our time him first making God's rule and authority the focus and priority of our lives it's uh, about actively and earnestly seeking to live in accordance with this rule and reign with God's values and God's teaching rather than living by the operating system or the values of the pagan world that puts a whole load of things uh, as a priority that are going to nothing nothing but burn you out but actually saying no I'm going to live by God's priorities and then i'd also say this is about trusting in god's provision you know god's guidance uh, and priorities see i think this passage about do not worry is less about uh, uh about what we are worrying about i think it's about jesus trying to shift us away from a worldview that causes us worry to shift into a world view of the kingdom where we don't need to worry because the king of the kingdom is in charge and the king is in control of what we need. You know, it says, Father knows what we need it before we need it. Father knows what we're after before we pray it because he's in charge of the kingdom. So my challenge to us about this passage about do not worry is that actually I don't think it's so much about the worry. I think it's about shifting our vision and our operating system away from the operating system uh, of paganism, of a world where God isn't central, which is actually what the matrix is all about, shifting to a worldview where God is the centerpiece to our understanding of the whole of life. And because he's now the centerpiece, he's the, he's the ruler and reigner of the kingdom, the world is now turned upside down and we see everything different. We see it for what it is and we're no longer seeking uh, and worrying for what we eat, what we drink and what we all wear because we know actually he's in charge and that it doesn't matter what we've got on the table. He's provided it, therefore it's good enough for us. So that's what I think this passage is about. So what do we do taking this, you know, what's our takeaway here with regard to the discipleship? Well, I think as disciples of Jesus, what we are aiming to do is to shift our minds away from pagan worldly worldviews to the kingdom worldview a worldview where christ the king is the centerpiece of our lives rather than the seeking and desiring of all the earthly things you know in romans it says uh and paul writes this beautifully you know do not have minds that are conformed to the patterns of this world our minds that are being formed by the matrix for you know um, formed by uh, an operating system of the world that is just totally broken don't let yourself be formed by an operating system of the world that just doesn't work in fact be transformed by the renewing of your mind by the kingdom of god where the kingdom places the priorities of our lives in a very different order so rather than us thinking our finances and our relationships and our situations and our time and our interests, all of these things 
well that that's the you know that's important i'm I, i'm going to put my finances first in my life i'm going to put my marriage first in my life actually people of the kingdom we say well actually we're going to put jesus first in our life because jesus is first his influence is over my finances my interests my relationships my situations and my time and then because he's because he now is the one that's in charge i'm not going to worry like i used to worry about these things because he's his hands are big enough to hold all of it together so the invitation as a disciple is to stop being formed uh, by this world and the operating system of this world but now be formed by the operating system of the king and the kingdom how do we do that we've got to get into scripture we've got to be praying we've got to be in a community of saints that are going in the same direction as us and we have to be transformed and formed by the by the holy spirit the, the spirit that comes to correct us from being bent out of shape formed into his likeness filled with the spirit so my challenge this week would be look if you want to move away from worry to a life trusting him the way to do that is not to strive to not worry i'm not going to worry this week i'm not going to worry this week it doesn't work the only way you can move away from worry is to make him first and allow him to influence and form everything else that's around you finding yourself positioned in the world with with him uh, central so everything else kind of comes second to that and in that we won't worry as much we won't worry as much because he is now the one that we can trust friends i pray that you do find that helpful maybe a bit of homework as you go away from this episode to ask yourself which kingdom am i prioritizing the kingdom that puts food the kingdom that puts uh, drink kingdom that puts clothing kingdom that puts holidays kingdom that puts homes or first or am i seeking the kingdom of this world that puts him first the king first and everything else then falls into place after that which am i prioritizing and if you're honest with yourself as i have to be honest with myself i don't think we put the kingdom up first in our lives as much as we like to think we do so maybe it's time to say actually god i need you to shape me and form me because i'm actually still operating out of a pagan operating system that puts all the wrong things first friends until next time grace and peace have a blessed week and i look forward to catching up with you soon mm-hmm.